Welcome. I'm Mandy, a former history teacher. And I'm Evita, a former mechanical engineer. We're both married with four kids, two two boys, boys, two two girls. girls. We're two young professionals turned stay-at-home moms, navigating all facets of homemaking one step at a time to help you become the mother and wife you are called to be. Hello, our faithful listeners. If you like what you hear, please, well, I guess if you don't either, (laughs) we want real feedback. Please go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate us, um, follow us on Spotify, become a follower so you know when our episodes are released, all of the above, so we can get a sense of what you guys are liking and give you more of that. And make sure to share with your friends if you do like the content, because we do really want to spread the word of all the goodness that comes with homemaking and everything we can learn and the ways we can grow. So yeah, if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Yes. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today, we will be talking about simplicity and the true power of decluttering. Uh, These topics go hand in hand, I'd say, and I'll be going over each separately with a main emphasis on decluttering because, you know, let's face it, we're moms, we accumulate a bunch of stuff, and it's a never-ending cycle. The topic of simplicity can be a series in itself, but for today, we're going to focus on decluttering. I truly am passionate about these two subjects because as a mom of multiple littles, I simply cannot function without order and scientifically, neither can our brain. In fact, our brain craves patterns. The talent to recognize patterns is something that most people don't know they need or realize that they already have. If we can turn data into a pattern or rule, Then, according to Daniel Bohr, a cognitive neuroscientist at the University of Cambridge, quote, near magical results ensue. We no longer need to remember a mountain of data. We need only to recall one simple law, which who can remember a mountain of data? Certainly not me. (laughs) But luckily, I don't need to. One simple law I can totally do, which leads me into the first topic of simplicity and determining our priority. So leading a simple life is both healthy for your body and your mind. And when we determine what our priority is, we are then able to focus on what truly matters. So life seems to become a lot more simple. Um, There's some supporting data that I can bring. um, But before I do, we're going to have Mandy kind of bring in a little bit about what she what she thinks on the topic. Yes. So I love the term simplicity uh, because I feel like one of the main topics you read in anything like parenting or or in any of those kinds of like things that are out there is people are, are like have these like crazy schedules on their walls. Of like <laughs> this kid goes to this soccer at practice at eight and this one goes here. And then you have like two parents driving separately and like it just becomes so chaotic so quickly. And I think it goes back to that rule of simplicity do you really need all those activities? Mm-hmm. Um, or is there something better and more simple, uh, which can get you the same results as being in 10 different soccer clubs, right? right. <laughs> Across the country, traveling for games all the time. And not that there's anything wrong with sports, but I think that's the easiest one as an example. And so I really like this this phrase, beauty is found in proportion, right? Everything should be in proportion, are we doing too much of one thing? Is is one thing consuming, you know, if you like data, like how much percentage would sports be in your life? 
Is it 90%? That's a lot, right? Yeah. And so just kind of looking at it in that way as if your life is a pie chart. If beauty is in found in proportion, you should almost have like all these beautiful colors that are the same size, generally speaking. Yes, a balance. A good balance of, of where you're your priorities and your attention is throughout the day. So I think that's a good rule of thumb when you're trying to simplify is to keep in mind that balance of proportion. Is this too much? And we all know that too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing. So sports may be a good thing, but if that's all consuming, kind of taking away the goodness from that. And then the other part that will relate more to decluttering So I love this phrase called attractive usefulness. And it can be for things, but it could also be for decision making. Like, is this something that's going to bring me joy? And is it useful? And if it's both, that's the best like harmony of it. It's it's both useful to me and it's something I enjoy. And so that can be how we can approach things in our house, which we'll get more into decluttering. But is it beautiful and also functional? And I mean, not everything needs to be functional per se and like completely useful. Like, you know, art is not like practically useful. Like you're not going to do anything with it on your wall, but it's useful in the sense of what it does to the viewer when it's viewed. Right. So you kind of have to think of it in more terms than just kind of pragmatic usefulness. But I think I just love that phrase for anything you're deciding. Should I keep this? Should I do this activity? just like attractive usefulness. Yeah, so. for sure. It has to it has to meet both the criteria. And I think when it comes to home decor, like art and things that we don't necessarily need to survive, um that's that's a different category I would say as far as like determine like decluttering, like kind of what we're going to get into a little bit. So when I think about simplicity, I think about like I had mentioned, determining a priority. And once we have our priority in life, then we're able to kind of decide what is worth coming into our home Mm -hmm. and what should leave our home. Yeah. That's a good point. Like a principle to guide you of what should stay, what should go. Exactly. And, and it is, I feel like sometimes I, when I journal in the morning or have these, you know, prayers and stuff that I think, okay, I'm going to think about this throughout the day. It is really hard to to remind yourself throughout the day of whatever you thought about in the morning. Like it has mm-hmm. to, it's a constant thing where you kind of have to tell yourself, okay, I ha- I'm going to remember this. Yes. So maybe it'll be when I'm doing dishes or when I'm throwing a load in or whatever, but you do have to remind yourself. And so this, this idea of having a priority should also be something that you're constantly thinking about. And so- that's a good point <clears throat> because even if you can prove attractive usefulness, if you have a ton of that, but still improper balance. So like yes. having that priority of what am I exactly trying to gain here? Exactly. What am I trying to do here? Right. And so to, ter- to determine a priority, sometimes uh, life altering experiences allow us to realize this, but do we only want to be able to see things clearly when tragedy strikes? Do we want our priority to only become apparent when something unpleasant happens? We realize the fragility of life and how so many things that we think matter ultimately do not. Memento Mori is actually a Catholic concept on contemplating your death. And this (laughs) might sound kind of depressing, but it's actually a good practice so that you can remind yourself daily what matters and only do things that support that. 
-hmm. You do want mortality to be at the forefront so that all you do works towards your ultimate goal, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, it's heaven. But in our case as homemakers, it's very much likely the health and spiritual wealth of our family. Again, the first step is to truly determine what your priority is. And yeah, that's so true because even you hear people who have like home fires. Yeah. And they have to then like rebuild and replace and yes, and like actual fires yes, like when your house yes. goes in flames, which is kind of with that line of it's a death to your material possessions. Yeah. yeah, it really makes you rethink what do I really need? Yes, you know, yes. and what was something I'm not even going to bother replacing yes. because it was just. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because there's a quote from Wendell Berry, and it says it says something like. Don't be, you shouldn't be so, ha- you shouldn't have so many things that you'd be happy if your house goes up in flames, you know? Like, seriously, <laughs> like I've actually had that feeling too. Every time I move, yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to burn the rest of this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It no that. longer is useful to like me. Like the boxes in the basement, you're like, I'm not even going to, let's just leave those. Yeah. Let's just pick up what we yep. use and let's go. Fresh yes. start. You yes. Know? And yeah. that's a good point. Your perspective almost shifts. Yeah. When you're in different situations mm-hmm. where when you're in your house and you're comfortable and right. you're not going to move and things yes. are cluttered in their rooms yes. and tucked away. You don't think about as much like yes. how important certain things are versus others. Yeah, and it is a crazy thought to think like when you when you are moving, for example, like moving houses and you're transitioning to a new phase in life, you almost you just don't even want to take the stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to start clean, which I don't know. It's it's just it's just something that I thought about right now. Well, it's, like, a, it's crazy how enslaved you feel. Yeah bogged down yeah like, oh there's that like you mountain feel a relief yes yes like a true relief of your stuff just not yeah. following you yeah. yeah yeah for sure so anyhow um back to the word uh priority so there's a little bit of information here that i found that was actually pretty interesting so the root word of the word priority is from the latin word prioritas meaning first in rank order or dignity The concept of having multiple priorities is fairly new as of the last hundred years. So before 1940, the word priorities was rarely seen in print, which can only lead us to the truth that there can only be one priority. So it's kind of a a fallacy Mm. to think, oh, all my my priorities, I have this Ah, and that and that. Because it is the. You have one. Utmost. That's important. Exactly. Exactly. So, So things should fall under that one priority. So. There is a quote from St. Jose Maria Escriva. Gosh, I love him. I feel like he If you are someone who us. doesn't like to read either, he just has one-liners. Like they're just one, two punched one-liners that are so impactful. It makes so. me want to buy like all his books and just absorb all this goodness because I'm like, gosh, he like speaks to my soul. Yes. Anyhow, on with the quote. It says, anything that does not lead you to God is a hindrance. Root it out and throw it far from you. So this, I believe, ties perfectly to when Jesus said you can only serve one master, right? Mm-hmm. If we're not serving him and living life according to our priority, then we're not doing what we're called to. So in this quote, St. Jose Maria Escriva states that we must root it out. That means determining exactly what is leading us astray in order to then throw it far from us. Like not even just like, okay, find out what it is. It's like, no, get it away. Like far, as far as you can be. Cast it out. Cast it out. 
Uh, we can tie the art of simplicity again into many facets, but like I mentioned earlier, we're going to stick to clutter and kind of focusing on that. So the power of decluttering. So it might sound pretty dramatic, but if you learn about some statistics, it is astounding how this can affect our mental, physical, and spiritual health. As homemakers, you know, we're loaded with not only the physical demands, but the invisible mental load that accompanies our vocation. Uh, I can confidently say that our mental health needs to be in check when it comes to focusing on our priority, which is to love and serve our families. So we need to not only be an optimal mental health, but physical as well. I mean, I know sometimes I get, well, when I'm pregnant, especially, but I, even when I'm not, I get winded going Mm -hmm. up the stairs and I'm like, gosh, I'm not that old. Like I should be able to kind of be strong and with it, but whatever, we'll get to that in a little bit (laughs) with some of the statistics, but yeah, there are statistics that also support having a clean home. So yeah, I want to emphasize before I get before I get into it a little bit, that the goal is not always, it's not to always have a tidy home, but a home that is easy to tidy. So when I heard that phrase, it kind of spoke to me because I thought, it's impossible to always have a clean home. And I get so anxious when it's, when it's not clean. And Mm -hmm. when I, when I heard that phrase, it kind of gave me permission to be like, okay, my house can be a mess. Yes. That is fine. Mm -hmm. It's just, it needs to be quick to tidy. Yeah. And that solves so many problems in and of itself because you want your kids to enjoy their things. Exactly. And for them to do that, yeah. they do dump them out. And it's okay to dump stuff out as long as you put it back in. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell my kids. I'm like, if you want to dump that out, that's fine. Right. But you will be putting it back. So I don't know. It just takes so much stress off. Like, So I redid it. We'll get to this later. The toy situation in our house. And it's such a relief to invite other kids over. And know that when they leave, the cleanup is like 10 minutes. Quick. Oh, I know. You know, instead yeah. of being like, oh my gosh, there's stuff all over. That it's like a tornado hit here. Like yes. It's going to take hours. Um, and then you're just reluctant to like even have play dates, which is sad because they're so wonderful. But the aftermath can be daunting. quite disastrous. Yes, so for sure. So getting a little bit on the stats, <clears throat> I'm going to name a few. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's a study. There was a study done at Florida State University in 2014, and it was called uh, "Hoarding and Eating Pathology: The Mediating Role of Emotion Regulation," uh, which basically all that jumble of words. What they found out was that it <laughs> shows you are 77 percent more likely to be overweight if you live in a cluttered home. And gosh, when I found that out, I'm just like, you know, not that everything is weight focused, mm-hmm. but we do want to be in optimal health to be able to run around with our kids, pick up the baby, not have our back hurts and, you know, just kind of the functional aspect of motherhood. Even when your house is like a complete disaster, I know I've had the temptation to not even want to do anything because you just kind of want to sit because you're like, oh, I can't even go into that room right now. And so it kind of like stops you from being mobile, which makes sense. And then also you want to get out of it. Like if you never want to be home, yeah. Like, oh gosh, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. You know, like that's <laughs> like a sign in of itself. And like, I mean, when I do that, I'm like, oh, let's go get food somewhere else. I'm not cooking yes. in that kitchen. It's disgusting. Yes. You know, it's just, I feel like it's so true. You yes. just have these temptations that are a lot stronger. For sure. When you have those messes. For sure. And kind of going off of, you know, food and things with our physical health. 
another study was done at the University of Minnesota in 2013, and um, it's titled Physical Order Produces Healthy Choices, Generosity, and Conventionality, Whereas Disorder Produces Creativity, which, you know, there's, again, positives to both, right? And that's why I do think how really quickly you were talking about how the toys are meant to be used and it's okay if everything's on the floor. And the thing is, I was thinking about that the other day after I read this study and I thought it's okay to actually leave a mess because while they're playing, because if it, if it promotes creativity, that's what we want, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, I want the discipline to be there to put the toys away after you use them, put the magnet tiles in their bag, yada, yada. But the reality is that's probably not going to happen with a bunch of four-year-olds and three-year-olds right. and whatever. You're in the middle of like thinking yes. and playing. Yeah. So there is positives to having messes. Or, well, I don't, I don't know if they call it messes. Do they call it messes? Disorder. Disorder. <laughs> yes. Which is a mess. Yes, exactly, which is a mess. <laughs> but in, yeah, in fancy terms, in okay terms, it's okay to have disorder when it promotes creativity and things like that. But for our aspect of you know, where we're at in life, we don't want disorder, right? Mm -hmm. So basically what this study showed was that being in a messy room will make you twice as likely to eat a chocolate bar than an apple. Wow. So what they did was they had a group of people in a messy room, a group of people in a clean room, and they had snacks out. Mm -hmm. And they saw what these people gravitated towards in each of these yeah. rooms. So they just naturally made healthier choices in a cleaner space, mm -hmm. which, I mean, that is – it's I'm, almost like they were depressed and needed like the uh, whatever you like a feel good to get from the chocolate. Yeah. Like it's like, oh my god, this room is depressing me. <laughs> it's disgusting in here. Give me a Snickers. Ah, oh. yes, that's what I go to. But uh, anyhow, so gonna wrap it up on a couple more stats. So UCLA, two thousand nine, women who perceived their houses as cluttered or areas of their home as unfinished had higher levels of cortisol throughout their day compared to women who did not perceive their homes as messy. So um, they also express less satisfaction with their lives. And it's it's kind of amazing to think that just those two things, like house being cluttered or being unfinished, like that can produce general, like a dissatisfaction for your life. Like that yeah. is kind of a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, it's almost like, I don't know if this is what it was getting at, but when my house is like an utter mess, yeah, it feels like failure. Oh my god! And I feel like failure yeah. is what makes you ultimately feel know, dissatisfied. Know. You know, like yeah. like I can't even do this. Yes. Like I can't even make yes. sure this room stays clean. And it it also does feel like almost a reflection of yourself. Like mm -hmm. you're like, gosh, I'm home, and my house is a mess. Yeah. You know, like you think like, yeah. well, I'm home. It should be clean. Yes. You know what I mean? Or even like you were sick for two days. Yeah. Bedridden. And you yeah. get up and your house is a mess yeah. and you get like all this anxiety and it's like, wait, I was, no one was cleaning. What did I expect it to look yes. like after two days? Like, I and know. it's okay because now I'm better and we'll yes. whip it back into shape. But no. it's, it's weird how even just in that revelation, it's just like the sinking, mm -hmm. like feeling like this isn't done. I know. I know. You're <laughs> sick and your house is yeah. a mess. You're like, oh. Nothing is right with the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing is right. And then again, for the last one, in 2011, researchers at Princeton University using MRI and other physiological measurements found that the visual cortex, cortex can be overwhelmed by clutter, increasing cognitive overload and reducing our working memory and make it harder to allocate attention yes. and complete tasks efficiently. And I will just say the Montessori method, which I'm not necessarily performing, by the way. I'm just saying one aspect of <laughs> yes, theirs. There are good that. things for yeah, sure. Yeah, there are definitely good things of it. 
get into that another time. <laughs> but they, um, one of their biggest proponents is simplicity of the classroom mm-hmm. because they don't want to overload kids' brains. Yeah. With like, oh, look at all this stuff yeah. you can play with. Yeah. So if you are looking at a Montessori school and you want to know if it actually follows the, because there's the a methods. lot of ones that it's not a trademarked name. So anyway, um, I, I just had a friend who like went into a Montessori <laughs> school and she was so funny because she was like, there was crap everywhere. <laughs> like there was a bunny in the corner over here and you like, she's and like, aren't, aren't I in a yeah. Montessori? What is this Yeah, place? And she's like, this is definitely not a Montessori bed. <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. It's like, mm-hmm. even as a parent walking into the room, it was like automatically like, I don't even know what Cringing, to do. Like, like, oh my yes, gosh. There's yeah. just so much going on in the room that yeah. it was overload yes like you your brain doesn't even know what to look at and what to like comprehend (laughs) yes which is funny because I also think yeah when there isn't an an overload uh, an overload it's like it's a it's a huge turnoff and so conversely or inversely when a house is super clean like model homes you walk into Mm -hmm. a model home or a home that's like you know an open house and the house is like pristine there's nothing on the counters Mm -hmm. There are people, I feel like people are more likely to bid, upbid the house. Yeah. If it's, if it's in a good state, it's almost worth more. Yes. Which it could be the same house and dirty or the same house and clean, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, it's true. I was looking at houses and ones that I went to that were dirty. It was like an automatic turnoff. Yeah. Not even like a, oh, they probably don't take care of their house. I don't want this house. But it was just like an automatic, like, I don't want to be in here. Right. Right. So why would I buy it? Because <laughs> well, then you know what that also that also means like if they didn't care about what it looked like from what you can see, mm-hmm. then do you think they cared about cleaning their filters or yeah. changing out, you know, batteries all or the what, maintenance. All the maintenance that comes with it. And that kind of like if you tie that to your person, mm-hmm. if you're not ordered, it's like what yes. does that state what does that say what does that say about the state of your soul? I mean, I'm not trying to be no, dramatic that's true. here, if but if you're always playing catch up, are yeah. you ever really doing the maintenance yeah. work? The internal the real internal, maintenance yeah. for the things that actually matter, like yes. your water, your heat, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, getting deep. That's we are good. So deep. <laughs> and we could even go deeper and say it's also a symbol for the soul. Are we doing the maintenance work yes. in our <laughs> work on your soul? Which leads me perfectly to the quote that I have from St. Francis de Sales. And he says, external lack of order reflects internal lack of order. So get to clean in your house, people. <laughs> yes. Well, it's true. I mean, I feel like we all ebb and flow. Yeah. Which is fine. We're mm-hmm. we have moments in our lives that mm-hmm. are a struggle. For sure. And I do feel like my home reflects what I'm struggling. Like, yes. My husband can come home from work yeah. and just look yeah. around before yeah. seeing anybody and go, ooh. Maybe not such a great day. Yeah, tough day. <laughs> tough day. <laughs> Rough day, Mandy. Yes. I know. And it's oh, funny gosh. that it's like, it is like an immediate window into like yeah. what's going on. Yes. You and know? We, we do tie our worth. I mean, I know I do to how productive I am mm-hmm. and how clean my house is. But again, if we kind of go back to what we were talking about, if you're doing the work on like the deep work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. It's it's better than having a super tidy home. And again, the goal is not a tidy home. It's one that's easy to tidy. So having systems to do all that. And why do we want a tidy home? What's our number one priority? 
our families, right? right? right so right. the reason why we want a tidy home is not to just have a clean home for the sake of cleaning, right. having a clean home, but that impact it has on our children yes, and our families and yeah. and how that relates to family life. And then ultimately like, yes, heaven, right? Because right? you're raising kids. That's where you want them to go. And yes. so, yeah, it, I think that helps keep in mind, like, why do I want a clean home? I want it so that my kids are healthy, happy, good habits. Exactly. Tying back to that priority that we discussed earlier. It's like our priority is them, their joy, their health, our experience as a family. So if your house is quick to tidy, not tidy all the time, then you have you allow yourself more time to do mm-hmm. things that yes. you actually want to do with your Be family. with your kids. And I mean, yeah, no one wants to see mom in a state of panic all the time cleaning up. <laughs> but also no one wants to be in a home full of clutter I with know. stuff everywhere. So there's yeah. that good balance between for sure. I'm not cleaning all the time, but we can quickly tidy up yes. and make things neat and, and comfortable. Totally. Not to necessarily be a model home, but to be a clean home. <laughs> yeah. A quick, a quick to tidy home. Yes. So um, I have a couple of steps on how to declutter your home. And for anyone who's interested, I made kind of a little guide that's going to be available as like a PDF printout. Super helpful. Especially I get overwhelmed when I get into an area of something I'm like, where do I even start? I know. Where do I even I start? So this my, is it's like there's stuff bursting yes, out of my house. <laughs> yes. There's a perfect, yes. I, I There's a little, a step-by-step guide that will kind of help you walk through your spaces and kind of figure that out. But uh, briefly, and I won't get into it too much because that's what the guide is for. The quick steps are number one, identify your purpose and reframe your thoughts. So shifting your mindset from scarcity to abundance, letting go of fear, embracing the ease and all the benefits of simple living. So again, reframing your thoughts, knowing that this is like goodness that's going to come. You know, it's not something like, oh, I'm letting it go and I'm losing it forever. What is your goal? Yes. Have a happy, healthy home. Yes. And odds are, if you're listening to this episode, you clicked because it had the word decluttering on it. So there is something in you. Yeah, something's in you. It's in all of us. Okay. So, number two, focus on one area of your home and create guidelines. So, short sprints, uh, progress, not perfection. And for example, if you're going to focus on your closet, the purpose of that, number one, going back to the number one step, is you want to be able to get dressed and make it an easy process in the morning. You want to look put together, versatile, things that can be used multiple seasons. So again, these are these are the guidelines that you're trying to follow. Or, you know, things that can be used with other pieces that you already own, nothing that requires dry cleaning, etc. So give yourself rules for the certain area that Just you're simplify. that you're working in. Yes. Number 3, anticipate challenges and decluttering stumbling blocks. So Thoughts that you know are going to come and figure out how to like combat those, right? Like, oh my gosh, I spent money on this <laughs> and it's going to be a waste of money if I throw it away. But if you if you have those thoughts, which that's a super common thought. Yes, it feels wasteful. It feels wasteful. But you also are – you're learning a couple things. Number one, in the future that – You shouldn't buy it. You shouldn't buy it. <laughs> like focus on what you're actually buying and – think about that. Does, does this, am I, is this worth spending money? And does, does my home have a place for this? Mm -hmm. And then the last one is basically just to start. That's the last one. Commit to the results that you want and are mentally, physically, and spiritually good for you for all the reasons that we mentioned before. 
and they're good for your family as well. So um, those are kind of the four the four steps that that we have as a decluttering step by step um, step by step guide for you. Okay, so now it's time for our uh, quote, our product review, and our budget tip. The quote I'd like to end with is by Saint Irenaeus. Is that how you say it? Irenaeus. Irenaeus. I think either one probably works. <laughs> Saint Irenaeus, and it goes like this: It says, "Where there is order, there is harmony." Simple, cute, effective. Yes. Okay, so for the, I'll start off with the budget tip. I recently, well, going through the rooms and decluttering, it kind of gives you a fresh perspective on your house, what belongs there, what doesn't belong there, what don't you like. If you don't like it, get rid of it. So I had, I had these couple of couches, a love seat and a sofa that I bought as a pair. And I originally bought it because I thought, well, you know, off marketplace, it looked decent. I needed to kind of fill the room and I was in a different mindset back then. And now looking at that room, I figure I just, it's not something I want anymore. So I actually just sold the couches and Mandy walks into my room and she's like, whoa, you're taking this decluttering thing to the next level. The room is empty. <laughs> so I know it's kind of a risk because now I don't have two couches in my, in my, what you would call it like formal living room or I still have some in my family room. So we're good. We have a place to sit. But in that room, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit and I sold the couches on marketplace before I found a replacement. So again, that's kind of a risk, but what that's doing is that's allowing me to create a little a little uh, pot of money to fund the next purchase. So, mm -hmm. you know, not purchasing something beforehand and now I'm stuck with, you know, yeah. three couches, four couches. And my husband's going to love this tip because my problem is that I would buy the replacement yeah. and then drag my feet about selling yes. that other thing. And it would right. sit in our garage and be like, oh, right. this is taking up space yes. and we don't have money. And yes. so sometimes it's best just to start with. It is. And it. It, it's good practice. Parting with material things. You don't mm -hmm. need it. Yeah. You have another set of couches or whatever. It's like, just let mm -hmm. it go. It's it's good to kind of release that Oh, yeah. That's good to mention. She has know? another couch. She's not yes. sitting on the like floor. I, said, I have another couch. <laughs> There's like two sitting there. We're chill. Yes. It's just the other room is now empty. There's an echo in there. We're not saying you have to yes. not have a fridge for like a week. Get rid of your furniture. Yeah, no. So anyhow, that that's my budgeting tip. Um, My product review is... Spring is here and so are the bugs. And if you live in anywhere north of like, I don't know, where the weather doesn't like kill off anything besides cockroaches <laughs> and scorpions and snakes, we get mosquitoes. So it's the downside to living near beautiful bodies of water. Yeah. They're also home to mosquitoes. So um, two products that I found that I really like because I love to be outside. Mm -hmm. I, I do not let it defeat me. Right. Um, I hate smelling like deet. <laughs> so I try to find <laughs> ways to limit the exposure to mosquitoes. Um, first of all, the biggest thing you can do if you're not aware, don't have standing water anywhere near you. Mm -hmm. Like stagnant water. If your kids have a water table, dump right. it out every time after they're done using Even it. Even bird baths. Yeah, bird baths. Anything stagnant yes. is a breeding ground. So number one, do that. 
Um, but two products that I've tried, and by the way, I don't get any sponsorship or endorsement. I'm not big news or anything. And just purely a <laughs> this fan. Is purely, I am a fan because I've used it. <laughs> is my um, sister-in-law, I believe, told me about Spartan Mosquito. And this will actually kill mosquitoes. And it you like put it away from your house because it attracts mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. There's something in it that attracts them. You fill it with water. And you hang it on a tree and you make like a perimeter around your house and it kills off a lot of the mosquitoes. I think it like might even like make them infertile or something so they can't like lay eggs. So it attracts mosquitoes and then they eat this thing and they either die or they can't reproduce. Whatever. Either is fine with me. (laughs) So that one works at this point. They're gone. Yeah. They're not biting me. (laughs) And that one works well. You just have to keep making sure that it's filled with water. Because that's what, so some people are like, oh, it didn't work for me. I'm like, well, did you check if it had water in it? Like every time there was a dry spell and it didn't rain and maybe your kid knocked one over. (laughs) So just make sure it has water in it. It needs it to work. And then the next one I like to use is called Wonderside. And I just tried this last year. I'm not like a big like, oh, everything has to be essential oils. This just happened to be essential oils and have really high reviews. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it because my kids could play in it immediately after yes. I sprayed it. So yeah. I really did like that aspect. It can't be that toxic. It can't be that toxic. Yeah. And it's not a killer of mosquitoes. It just repels them. Mm-hmm. So it's really meant for like if you have a deck or there's an area of your yard your kids play in and you just kind of want them yeah. away from that. And it also keeps like gnats and ants and like other small bugs. It's got like peppermint. I don't know if you've ever watched those videos where people put out peppermint oil and the ant like goes the other yeah. way. It's like, it's and it smells so good. I love it. It smells like cedar wood when oh, you spray yeah, it. That's anyway, you connect than... it to your hose and you spray it on your garden beds, plants, mm-hmm. your grass, anything topical. Keep in mind, if it rains, you have to reapply. So you're going to want to do it when it's not supposed to rain for a while so it can sit there and Mm -hmm. take effect and then just reapply it. Like I think it said like every two weeks, just follow the instructions. There's instructions on there, but just make sure you know you're going to be reapplying throughout the summer. Perfect. But it's fast. You just spray it with your hose. You're done. And I did notice a big difference that the bulk of the mosquitoes in our yard were down where we didn't spray and there were far less Mm -hmm. like near our patio and things where we had spray yes. that stuff so anything to make going outside more pleasant in yes these wonderful months that are just up ahead yes so get rid of those bugs <laughs> you got this mama and don't forget god walks among the pots and pans see you next time